an honor to be here tonight, and you may be seated. Um, I do not take it lightly to be up here. Um, I do think that um, I do my best. I told the girls, you know, I'm going to teach, and I've studied to show myself approved, and I'm up here doing the work of the Lord, being obedient, and so I'm excited that you all came tonight. So last, um, have you enjoyed the Grow series? The first week was Growing Through Pain growing through prosperity, and tonight I'm going to teach you on about growing through the mundane. So um, Brother Shock, he spoke last week, and he said, growth is not automatic. If you plan to grow, you must be intentional. Can I get an amen? We must be determined to grow. And if you're not determined to grow, then that is what it is. You will not grow. Colossians 1.10 says that we might walk worthy of the Lord, and to all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. This means we're moving. We are not stopping. We're producing good fruits in everything we do. Daily discipleship takes years of obedience in the same direction. So what does the word mundane mean? It's lacking interest, excitement, of this earthly world rather than heavenly or spiritual, the commonplace, the ordinary, the everyday, day-to-day. I read this from a book earlier in this week, and it said, we don't do very many grand and significant things in our life. Most of us will never be written in the history books. Most of us will only be remembered by family and perhaps a few friends. Most of us will be forgotten in two or three generations There are simply not very many grand moments in life. And surely, we don't live in those moments. No, we truly live in the mundane. We exist in our bedrooms, our living rooms, our hallways, our kitchens. They're called the hallways of life. This is where the character of our life is set. This is where we live out our life of faith. This is not to be sad, but it's reality. Most of our lives are lived out in the ordinary, everyday moments. The world, the word mundane is associated people's minds as boring and dull. And I've been guilty of thinking boring and dull a lot with my life. Most commonly, what do we think of? We think of piles of dishes, the laundry, mowing the lawn every single week, the daily commute to work, the paperwork, cooking the meals, paying the bills, Um, caring for the children, the grandchildren, doing the same thing over and over and over again, and it creates a pattern in our lives. So I like to study statistics, and so I looked up how much time do we spend doing the things we do in life. The average life expectancy in America is 80 years old. So that means a third of your life, which will be 26 years of your life, you'll spend sleeping, 12 years in education, If you work from the time you're 19 to 65, eight-hour day job with extra overtime, that's 13 years of your life will be spent working. Five years of your life you spend eating, and the average person spends four years doing housework. That's man and woman. I would say a woman does a lot more than four hours, or four years, I'm sorry. And then 11 years of your life will be used by screen time. So most of our lives are spent sleeping, working, and being on screen time. 
throughout all those statistics I checked, there was nowhere that put church into our lives anywhere. But I could find that the average time a person spends going to church is three hours a week. So if you went from the time you were born to age 80, that's only one and a half years of your life will you spend in this building. So that means everyday, ordinary, repeatable moments of our life don't happen in this building. So we're being transformed into the likeness of him at our homes, at our jobs, wherever you spend your time, not in this building. Sometimes we chase those moments of enlightenment. We look forward to the Sunday mornings and um, we'll attend church once, maybe twice a week. We'll attend conferences, we'll attend retreats, um, events that are designed to create these, create these high moments in our lives. And we try to force God into a couple hours of our day. And I've been guilty. While the world pushes us to move faster, to work harder, to achieve much, and to succeed, we're trying to construct these moments of our greatness, but are we becoming too distracted by the things of this world to engage with the real everyday life? everyday routine of the mundane. So the mundane moments in between are just as much the dwelling place of God as the high mountains and the valleys in your life. But it's in the in-between where all of our lives are lived out. God is right there in the moments of your reality, which is your mundane. Not all mundane is meaningless or dull or boring. It don't have to be, that is. Have, have you ever heard, it is what it is? We don't choose life. It is what it is. Or it is what you make it. How does that sound? Sounds a little bit better. The challenge is, the challenge to, it is that I don't always feel spiritual when I'm washing the dishes and I'm driving to work and I'm folding the laundry and I'm saying no 50 times a day, the things that I do every day. It seems more spiritual to me to probably send a text or to teach a Bible study or to prepare for my Sunday school lesson or to read a Bible story to the kids. That seems like ministry. But really, I say we have a very narrow view of true spirituality. The Lord wants us to see the significance of the everywhere we go, the everything we do to help us expand our vision to see how our life is supposed to be in the Lord. Psalms 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So the Lord directs our steps. He delights in every detail of our lives. Not just the Bible study you taught, or the Sunday school lesson, or your morning devotion time. Not just the things that you feel draw him closer to you, but every detail of your life. So guess what? We can praise him. We can worship him. I've realized that there's no one's ever going to send me a card for saying thank you for cleaning the house 50 times. Nobody's ever going to thank me for taking care of my children and raising them. Nobody's going to say thank you if they turn out okay. But guess what? The Lord notices every single detail. So it is important to the Lord. Micah 6, 8 says, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God. Humbly means you're not proud. You're ranking very low in hierarchy. 
God calls us to faithfulness by living simple, low-key lives. You want to know your ministry? I'll tell you, this might be just for me, so don't complicate it. Be nobody special. Do your job. Take care of your family. Clean your house. Mow your lawn. Read your Bible. Attend church. Live what you believe. Love your spouse. Love your children and your grandchildren. Be generous. Expect nothing in return. No special treatment. And do it all quietly. There is nothing flashy in any activity that I just read. And let me read a scripture, a very, to me, mundane scripture when I read it. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Steadfast means I am fixed in my place. Wherever the Lord has placed me, I am fixed and I am loyal. Whatever situation, always abounding in the work. What's abounding means? It means always, all the time, I'm abounding in the work. And what does, um, the labor is not in vain. Vain means empty acts that nothing, nothing is fruitless or pointless or has no purpose. Our work means something to God and it does have a purpose. So, number two, how do you grow through the mundane? Number one will be consistency. Have you heard consistency is key to success? If you want to achieve anything of value and meaning in your life, you need to be consistent. This is true in your home, in your business, in your work, in your relationships. And there's no separation. I I sit here and I wrote my notes between the spiritual and the everyday. It hit me because I wanted to make a note of the spiritual and the everyday. But it's all spiritual. When you consecrate yourself before the Lord, it's all spiritual. I don't want anything to be separate. Are you sold out to the Lord? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Are you setting your mind and your heart on God? Are you seeking? Seeking means that you're finding and you're desiring. Do you desire him? Are you set apart from this world? Are you fully surrendered to the Lord's plan? Because I'll tell you, this is the safest place to be. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Putting God first is what a consecrated life is. Are we consecrated? A person who's consecrated meditates on the word day and night. They find reading their Bible a joy. They seek the Lord in every decision they make. Their lives are free from attitudes and behaviors that are contrast to the world. Consecration is a process. It follows spiritual growth and strengthens and develops as we mature. We draw closer to him and he draws closer to us. When we meet with God first thing in the morning, you've heard it, it sets the tone for your entire day. Not that it'll be good. That doesn't mean you're going to have the best day, but it sets the tone, and that word will help you and carry you throughout your day. We should have a personal relationship with God, consistent with morning prayer, consistent with commitment, consistent in the word, consistent in sacrifice, consistent in repenting daily. This is where growth and maturity will happen in, in your lives. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that tells me I can serve God wherever I am, in the place I am, not just on Sunday. I should be able to feel joy and peace and strength and love in my home, in my workplace. Um, My spiritual day should be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those should be your spiritual day. No separation. We can be his hands and his feet. And all of our mundane is meant to be a living sacrifice to God. In our daily life, we take one step. We take another step and another. And it's the only way you'll ever accomplish anything greater in your life. You can have goals, you can have short-term, long-term goals, but it's easy to become discouraged if all you ever look at is that long-term goal and never consider the short-term goal. Sometimes our goals take a lot of work. Sometimes we'll get frustrated. But once you know your goal, you don't focus on the end goal. You focus on what's required today. What do I need to do today to make that goal happen? So we grow and we'll learn from the simple things in life. And God takes those and he'll use them to create great things, those great moments in your life. There's no single event. You'll never attend an event or be with anybody for one time that will ever make them trust you. They'll never enjoy working with you or they won't even learn to love you with just one single event. It's an accumulation of a lot of little things in your life. So how do we go th- grow through the mundane? B is discipline. Discipline and consistency go hand in hand. Without discipline, it's hard to be consistent, but discipline leads to consistency. Discipline is a controlled behavior as a noun. It's to train somebody as the verb. Discipline is one of the most important personality traits in your life. It brings stability, it brings structure. It teaches responsibility and respect. It's the rules, it's the regulations that you follow throughout your day. You learn to make sacrifices in your present for your future. Discipline creates habits, habits make routines, and routines become who you are every single day. Today plus today plus today equals your life and my life. How you spend your day is how you spend your entire life. The habits and the disciplines you create will become who you are. Are you mastering your mundane? Are you focused every day on what your goals need to be? How you're getting to the, the, the big goal that you see yourself in life? The more you work on discipline, the stronger it will become. So how do athletes rise to the top when you think about an athlete? Practice, preparation, their rules to the game. If you don't follow the rules, you're penalized. They drill over and over and over again until they perform well. There's lots of dedication, lots of work. They train for years to reach high levels of competition. It's the basics over and over and over until they're ingrained in us. 
The more disciplined teams beat the undisciplined teams with the talent. Talent is everything. Discipline is important. The disciplined see the big picture, and they're accountable to the team. Ecclesiastics 9, 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. That means we should work hard to do the best we can do at whatever, whatever you find yourself to do. You work to be the best at it. Our lives are defined by the years of preparation rather than the performance. The preparation is important. This should make us want to work harder. We shouldn't desire to escape our jobs and the work that the Lord has placed before us because there is a purpose. There is a plan. He's equipping us for the plan, for the goal, for the outcome. Colossians 3.23 And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. If you work as unto the Lord, you will grow every single day. Can I get an amen? Okay, see? How do you grow through the mundane? Patience. Do you feel you're in a season of waiting? Are you ready for God to move you to another season? Are you waiting on a special delivery, a special request in your life? Because I'll tell you what, waiting is hard. His timeline is never your timeline, but yet his time is always the perfect time. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Romans eight twenty five. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? It's tough to realize that you don't know what the harvest will be or that you'll never see it because you don't know what the proper time is. The point is that everyday patience, every day is how we grow with patience. When God's making a heart change in us, which he does, sometimes we get situations where he wants to change us or he's carrying us through a particular season of life, it may take time for him to fully work out the plan that he has for us. I think of the farmer. My dad was a farmer, and he did the same thing every single day, the daily day-to-day. You plow, you plant, you fertilize, you cultivate, but no rush on the outcome because it takes time. You work all year long in anticipation of a harvest, but the outcome is only in God's time because his timing is perfect. Colossians 1, 11, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, and to all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So how do you go, grow through the mundane? Patiently, joyfully, one day at a time. Moses, he was a great deliverer of Israel, but he spent 40 years keeping the sheep with his father-in-law Jethro before he seen many miracles and powerful acts in the wilderness. King David, he was busy watching the sheep, being faithful in the mundane. Before he was anointed king, he waited 15 to 20 years before becoming the king of Israel. Never underestimate what's on the other side of your proper response to a mundane season. 
Noah, he was faithful to God for a long time doing the work on the ark. He received the plans, and it took him 75 to 80 years to build the ark. How mundane is that? Some of us, that could be our whole entire life working on an ark. So God takes those moments, those everyday, ordinary moments, and he creates the great things that will happen in our lives. Your big moments are made possible by your thousands of ordinary moments. And those thousands of ordinary moments take years of patience. So what opportunities do we have? Ministry opportunities in the mundane. There's plenty of ways to serve and love others in our everyday life. Let's talk about sharing his word, talking about him. Psalms 119.103 says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalms 119.97.98 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It's my meditation all day. Though through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. His words shall bring hope in your workplace, if you use them. Encouragement over your morning coffee. Peace during tantrums or relationship struggles. Brings life to every dry season you feel like you might be in. Purpose to your never-ending piles of laundry or your workloads. He'll bring joy to the unpredictable. Confidence in any unseen moment that's arising in your life or has became. If God doesn't rule your mundane, then he doesn't rule you because that is where we live everyone just wants to take a minute and smile at me, thank you. Just to know you're here. Are you receiving the word? Do you believe the word? Yes, thank you. God's word is a gift. So we have to let our words flow through us. We must be ready and willing to bring his, this life and hope to those around us. And sometimes it might just be your family or your friends that are close by. Serving, giving, helping people. There's no sacred versus secular. What you can do on Sunday can be done in your home or in your workplace. You can share the word. You can love on somebody. You can teach somebody a lesson on your break or over the internet. You can feed the hungry. You can make a meal for somebody. God designed our homes to be the heart of our ministry. It's our place of worship, of learning, health, hospitality, productivity for each member of our family. My parents, um, they never taught me a formal Bible study. I never seen my dad ever have a Bible in his hand, or my mother, to be honest with you. But I do know that they taught me a lot of skills. They taught me to love big They taught me great respect for those in my life. They taught me a strong work ethic. They taught me to forgive. They taught me compassion. They taught me it's okay to start over to have a second chance. They taught me to serve. They told me it's better to serve than to be served. My mother on her deathbed before she passed away, she could barely even move, but her mother was there. And she would tell me, you know, Go get your grandma a cup of coffee. Your grandma needs a footstool. Go take care of your grandma. Till the day she died, she was serving others. She looked for ways to serve, and she loved to serve. 
They taught me honor, honor your mother and your father, honor your grandparents. They taught me manners. They taught me to be thankful. They taught me to be responsible. They taught me to listen, to be a good listener. They taught me discipline. They taught me that a good name is very important. They taught me all those things, but I never seen them open a Bible ever in their life. Um, they never taught me Acts 2.38. I learned it at Sunday school. But they gave me principles for a foundation. So sometimes we might not think we could do a lot, but there's principles that your kids are being taught. I can tell you, I love to serve people. It's one of my favorite things to do because I was raised watching my mother and my grandmother and my father serve. That's what we did. So I challenge you, you can serve no matter what your age is, no matter where you are. Serve one. Find one to serve, one to help, one to talk to about God, just one. I've made... When the church was a little bit smaller, I used to make meals for ministers when they'd come in, and I'd serve them, and, and I never took my girls with me, but whenever this past Sunday, they got to serve the ministers that were here, the missionaries, and um, they didn't learn that because I never showed them that at the ministry house. They learned that in our home. Our boys didn't learn to work here at the church. They learned it at home. So there are a lot of skills that build a big, solid foundation that are important, and those moments come from your home. A good, godly home unites parents, grandparents, children. It produces sons and daughters who are mighty in God's spirit and prepared to affect effectively fulfill their God-given responsibilities. Homes like this make a significant impact on our churches and our friends and our communities. People notice. Every day is a ministry. It is what you make it. So how do we handle interruptions to the mundane? Um, sometimes I'll pity myself, and I'm tired, and I... I think, how come, you know, I have to be this way, or it has to be this way, or they, they are like this. But guess what? When your mundane gets interrupted, you're going to want it back sometimes. Injury, sickness, a new job, a sick family member, relocation, an addition to the family, or even a death. Sometimes you don't appreciate your mundane until it's all messed up. And then you are saying, Lord, maybe it wasn't so bad. Maybe I, maybe I didn't see enough good in that season, but I went out of this one. Have you ever thought or said, why did I get married? Why did I have kids even though I prayed for them? Why am I stuck in this house every single day? Why am I still working the job I do not like? Um, I could be anything I'd want to be right now. This is only a season. Let's just grin and bear it. We can get through this. Someday, I'm going to get back to normal. One day, I will get my life back. I'll get away from six children one day. So what should we do? How do we, do we respond when we feel our mundane has been interrupted? Number one, we're going to respond with grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Second Peter 3.18 
but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be both glory now and forever. So we can't control much of what happens in life, but you can choose how you respond to life. Instead of being angry, feeling sorry for yourself, wanting to give up, wanting to run away, wanting to quit, what if we said, God, what are you saying to me through this interruption? What do I do with this interruption? Is this interruption an opportunity for me to serve you? Is this a time for me to grow? If you think about it, Jesus was interrupted quite frequently. When Zacchaeus was in the tree, the woman at the well, all the children who wanted to see him everywhere he went, all those that were sick that wanted to just touch him and be with him, he allowed himself to be interrupted. I'd like to think that interruptions are seldom accidental, but God's plan at work in our lives. C.S. Lewis recommended that Christians stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own real life. He wrote this, The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life. The life God is sending one day by day, what one calls one's life, real life, is a phantom of one's own imagination. Our life is not our own. God's plan, God plans every interruption that you have in your life, whether good or bad. So what else can we do? Number two, we're going to trust God when our life gets interrupted. Some interruptions can be an invitation to a deeper walk with God. Some interruptions will change your life. They are not to be obstacles to your plan, but rather opportunities for you to grow and embrace God's plan for your life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lead not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So we must trust God even if we don't understand because he has a plan. And lastly, how are we going to grow through the mundane? Rejoice and give thanks through the mundane is what you're going to do. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Philippians 4, 4 reminds us, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. To be thankful rather than to complain takes a conscious act of the will. But rejoicing is a response of the Spirit. So choose to rejoice. Choose to be thankful. Psalms one eighteen twenty four says, This is a day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I remember years ago, my grandfather passed away, and my grandmother became very depressed. And um, we went, and we tried to encourage and 
We tried to uplift and do what we could do, but it didn't seem to work until one day she made a choice for herself. And she came when I went to see her, and she said, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And she said, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. She said, I came to realize that the Lord still must have a plan for me because he, he has something better for me. So I can't give up. I've decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick myself up and I'm going to move on. So she, I couldn't do it for her, but she did it herself. She was all alone. She was married for over 50-some years. But she made it an effort in her mind to say, I know the Lord still has something for me. And the good thing about it is, through that time until she passed away, we were able to do a Bible study. She was Catholic her whole entire life. And um, we, got, we got to do a Bible study with her. We got to do multiple ones with her. We got to teach her. She got baptized in Jesus' name. And on, the day, on Pentecost Sunday, she came and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. The Lord still had a plan for her. And she's the most faithful, consistent person who lived by the Bible. She lived, she lived better than I did. She just didn't have the truth, but she died with the truth. <laughs> it's important that we, our lives are what we make them. This is the day the Lord has made. How many times have I had to get out of bed and remind myself, this is the day the Lord has made and our sickness and our weakness and when we need strength. The scriptures make it clear as to what our attitudes, our motives, and our conduct should be every single day. Whatever we do, whatever is everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. Every detail, every single detail, that's hard for me to fathom. Every single thing I do, if I do it as unto the Lord, it matters? Yes. We have scripture to prove it. God lives in high moments. He lives in low moments. Sometimes the low moments in life are there to teach you, um, to push us out of our comfort, comfort zone, to, to make us better, to grow, to change, to seek him. So let's keep our eyes on the things that are eternal, that we should work without ever grumbling and complaining. There should be no distinction between the secular and the sacred. If we are a part of Christ, everything is sacred. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Living a consecrated life, we act differently. We worship differently. We behave differently because he lives in us. We, be faith- we are faithful. You can be faithful where you're at. You need to look to God in your season. And everything is for a season. And what does the Bible say? Everything is beautiful in its season and in its time. Bloom where you're planted. We have a goal to please God in everything we do. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A reminder that wherever we find ourselves, may we give it our best and give thanks in all things. God's in the high. He's in the low. He's in the in-between. And guess what? There's value. You'll find value. You'll find yourself in the in-between. I challenge you tonight to trust God through every single 
mundane moment in your life and realize that they are of him, whether you feel that they're special or they're repetitive or they're boring or they're dull. But his plan for our life is perfect. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I'm going to end a little bit shorter tonight. And I, if you would all stand, I'm going to dismiss us in prayer. And I thank you for being here. If you would all bow your heads with me tonight. I thank you, Lord, for this moment. I thank you for this time, Lord Jesus. I pray that you help us to grow through every single mundane moment in our lives, Lord. Help us to find value. Help us to learn through our interruptions, Lord, to see them that is part of your plan, Lord God. I thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. I pray we have strength and encouragement from your word and that we grow through every season of our life, Lord God. And I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.